Welcome to The Kingdom is for Everyone. This is your host, Matthew Hester, and this is the place to discuss all things righteousness, peace, and joy. I want to take just a moment to thank our Hester Ministries monthly supporters. You help make this podcast a reality, as well as the many things we do for the sake of the gospel around the world. Thank you so much for your help in partnering with us. If you'd like more information on how to become a partner here at Hester Ministries, go to hesterministries.org partner to find out more. Uh, We also want to encourage you to like this podcast, share it, and please leave us a five-star review so that we can get in front of as many people as possible. Um, Also, hey, we want you to check out possibly becoming a podcast supporter. Go to the homepage for this podcast, anchor.fm slash the kingdom for everyone. That's the number four. And while you're there, we would love for you to click on that message tab and leave us a voice message or a question that we would be honored to feature in an upcoming episode of our podcast. Here at The Kingdom is for Everyone, we want you to be more than an audience. We want you to be a participant. Okay, well, I want to jump right into our topic for the day. This is episode 57, and this episode is going to be called Behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. And, uh, you know, one of the things that um, has kind of been stirring in me, it's been been for some time now, is uh, a lot of the imagery, the symbolic imagery uh, that is used concerning Jesus in Scripture. And then I also find it, it it's, it's a fascinating study uh, to see what the church most uh, connects with in that imagery, most identifies with. And so when, when we think of the whole of Scripture, I think that there are two Two images, and you guys help me out. If you can think of some other ones or you want to talk about some other ones, let us know. Uh, go to the homepage and leave us a voice message or a question. We, that's why it's there. Um, the images that come to mind for me is Lion of Judah, right, and, and Lamb that was slain. And, uh, and so just in my experience, I want to talk about me. I don't want to, to talk about re- trying to read into or discern your experience. But the Lion and the Lamb... Uh, metaphor and keeping those in this this type of a yin yang balance actually serves a lot of us pretty well. And what do I mean by that? It so when we do have the need for this, you know, vengeful uh, war, warrior God, well, well, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And then when we talk about unconditional love, when we talk about, um, you know, not not leaving anyone behind, um, giving his life, laying down his life. We're like, oh, yeah, Jesus is the lamb. And uh, are you guys with me? Does that make sense? Like, I I felt that uh, growing up in ministry, that dichotomy. And there are times, uh, again, I'll speak for myself, in my own adolescence, male adolescence in America, um, I, I wanted the lion, right? I wanted the lion. I wanted the scepter. I wanted the, the sword and the throne room imagery. But my, the, the way I received it most is, again, the ruler God. And again, we know he rules. But uh, through, through my imagery at that time, through my filter at that time, now this is the God that, that rules the world. He, he silences his enemies. He smashes them to pieces. I mean, after all, that's why you need a sword and a scepter. And, and that's why you need to be the lion, right? Um, and then, you know, the more I've really this last decade have been kind of going down the rabbit hole of really wanting to, to reclaim, recover the character and nature of God, it's like my perception on that has shifted. 
uh, it took more towards the lamb. And so, yeah, I want to talk about that a little bit here today. Uh, and some of that lamb imagery, there's there's really not a whole lot uh, of it. If, if you actually go and study out the verses, there's, there's less than 10 uh, mentions uh, specifically of, of Jesus being the lamb. You know, we've got that one in John where, you know, his John the Baptist is about to baptize and behold the, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The, the bulk of the lamb verbiage and imagery is in the book of Revelation. And, uh, but actually the, I, I found this so um, peculiar and so, um, so applicable to this conversation because we, we actually see the lion and the lamb imagery and uh, man, I, I think it's going to help us. So uh, I want to look at those verses. They're, they're in Revelation chapter five, and just to give you some setup, you know, the we're in this moment where uh, the seven seals, right, need to be broken. They, the scrolls need to be opened, and um, basically they're asking, "Is there anyone, anyone who's worthy to open the scrolls to look inside?" And they couldn't find anyone. And, and then John begins to weep um, because he's like, we couldn't find anyone worthy. And then in Revelation 5, starting there in verse 5, Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. So, again, I'm not 100% sure how we defined that imagery. Let me just talk about myself personally. I, I'm thinking the way I defined the line of the tribe of Judah imagery was the connection with David. And because David was a king priest who um, we all know had a very violent side to him that perhaps, well, that makes sense. So he's the lion of that tribe. He's like I mean, you talk about the greatest and most unfiltered expression of the tribe of Judah. Uh, here's Jesus, the lion of that tribe, right? Uh, but then continue in verse 6. So, so John hears that, right? What did he hear? Don't weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And then John turns and and it says in verse 6, Then I saw a lamb looking as if he had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he took it, the four living creatures, the 24 elders, fell down before the lamb. Uh, and so you, you can keep reading beautiful imagery, beautiful symbolism. Um, but I thought that was so interesting. So so the the decree was, okay, here he is, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, he has triumphed. And when John beholds the lion, he says, I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain. So then I'm like, whoa, whoa. so could it be that the way that the lion shows himself is as a lamb. That that makes sense to me. And then how does he triumph? Because there's a connection there. How does he win looking as if he had been slain? Wow. So, so the way that Jesus roars 
is as a lamb to the slaughter. That's the way that he roars. That's the way that he cries out in triumph. And for me, that is, that is, it boggles the mind. It doesn't compute with logic. Um, and, and, and it really, that's an invitational for us to, to walk into that same imagery. You know, um, you know, I think about, you know, team mascots. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big football fan and, uh, where, where I live here in South Carolina, you kind of have two teams that you root for. You either have the Carolina Gamecocks or the Clemson Tigers, and I'm a, I'm a Tiger guy. That's me. And so uh, I better not get any hate messages or anything. Uh, and then I like the Panthers. That's kind of the home team thing, Carolina Panthers. So so we've got that, the, that, that masculine mascot imagery. You don't mess with Tigers and Panthers, right? But the mascot of the church is a lamb slain and man it's it's could you imagine going to war and your banner is a lamb you know the the opposing forces about what in the world is going on these people have lost their minds but no that is exactly how god wins that's how he won you that's how he won us all um was was by being slain and I know that that doesn't really stroke our ego very well, but it's not meant to. Uh, if anything, seeing the character and nature of God manifested in our life, the last thing on the list that God has any concern about is our ego, because it it, it quite effectively deconstructs us, you know, down to bare. Uh, the life we now live, we don't even live. That we live in the flesh is not our life, right? The life we now live, we live by faith through the Son of God. So it's like the ego has to take a back seat. And so, guys, let, let's figure out how to lift up that banner high uh, and, and, and allow people to behold the Lamb in our lives and see that is the power of God. It really is. But it, that, see, that doesn't go well into our narrative of power. Our narrative of power, again, is the sword, which, again, yeah, symbolic imagery in Revelation. What are we told is the sword of the Lord? It's the words of his mouth, right? And, and I, I would like to humbly offer some of those words. Forgiven, your sins are removed, your tears are dried, um, you are loved, you are your family, welcome home. That's the sword of the Lord in the lives of so many people. Uh, and then I do want to mention uh, this this little moment in John 1, John 1, 29. So again, seeing people, then verse 29, the next day he saw Jesus coming to him and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And this is he in behalf of whom I said after me is coming a man who has proved to be my superior because he existed before me, and I did not recognize him, but so that he would be revealed to Israel, I came baptizing in water. And John testified, saying, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven and remained upon him. You know, and so, there, again, there's there's all this amazing imagery. Um, and But but I want to lean back into that that, that moment. Here is the Lamb of God taking away the sin of the world. And then he says, listen, he came before me. He existed before me. I didn't recognize him. And, and also, could it be? I don't think this would be so hard of, for us to understand. Not a, it's not a big stretch that John, right, uh, basically his methodology was violence for the most part. 
Um, you, you know, you think about now, I, I don't mean that he literally took a sword upon his brother, um, but there was a lot of, of violent imagery. Even, you know, the, the kingdom of the kingdom of God has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. And that actually was a description of the ministry of John the Baptist. It said from the days of John the Baptist up until now, the kingdom has suffered violence and the violent have taken it by force. And and again, that's that's really showing us there is this real tension between the the system, the whole world that came before the Lamb showed up on the scene. And so now that is not the world we live in. We do not live in a world where the kingdom suffers violence. Now it's a whosoever will may come. Come on, knock and the door is open. Seek and you will find, right? Ask and it will be given to you. Uh, it sounds like to me that uh, the warfare is accomplished. And how how was it accomplished? It was accomplished through the Lamb, through the, the cry of the Lamb, the sword of the Lamb, the words of the Lamb. And then, you know, I'll just remind you, you know, even, even the book of Revelation, it's interesting how our, our filter system uh, oftentimes reflects what we believe God's capable of. So you think about Revelation, there's this beautiful lamb imagery. And so the Western church, a lot of times, will weaponize the book of Revelation. And, part, and, and it's because we're not looking through the work of the cross. So we're not seeing a clearer picture of the character and nature of God. And so the Western church will try to use the book of Revelation, and we'll say, okay, finally, this is the end. It's an apocalyptic war where God has no issue, you know, destroying a third of humanity and committing the most violent acts that human history has ever beheld or witnessed. But then when when we look through the lens of Jesus, um, it's a wedding feast. Hey, uh, come, come to the table. There's room at the table. There's a seat for you. Well, what in the world? Which one is it? I would submit that one of those looks like the character and nature of God. And the other looks like a God of our own making. And I can't get into that in this episode. Um, I, I've been doing some studying uh, on, well, uh, you guys have heard me talking about the God who looks like Jesus coming up at Present Truth Academy. But I've also been studying and teaching at the church uh, this series called The Warshack God and um, how we thought God was like one of us out of Psalm 50. And we're gonna, we're, we'll get into some of those in some of our episodes where we're going to look at some images of God that look like us. Uh, where God's bearing our sin. So in doing so, he bears our image. Uh, and, and so you can see that pretty clearly when you start to know what to look for. There are moments where God, it's not the character and nature of God as we see through the person of Jesus. It's a Warshak God. So uh, it, we were projecting our own issues onto God. And it's funny, the more you do that, the more God looks just like you. And that's why we use that verse in Psalm 50. You go through this whole list of how people are complaining and adulterers and they're they're slandering their brothers and all these things. And it gets down real deep into that chapter. And the Lord says, um, while you did all these things, I, I stayed silent because you thought I was exactly like you. And, and man, he's not. He's, he's altogether different uh, and invites us to this altogether different lifestyle. Uh, and really, that is what holiness is all about. Holiness means other than. You know, I, I think we've just really chased some strange rabbit trails about our concepts of holiness. Holiness is other than. So if you want to live a holy life in the current global culture, um, here you go. Lift up the flags. Lift up the flags that bear the lamb slain. Lift up a life that looks like the lamb slain. Um, love, love who God loves. Love what God loves, which is everything and everyone. Uh, embrace 
That's how we win. We win by the the testimony. What the the word the word of our was it the the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony. Uh, what's the word of your testimony? His goodness has caused repentance, right? His love is extravagant. His grace is sufficient. His mercies are new every morning. And, and that's how we overcome. And that's how we overcome others. Uh, we overcome by bringing them into the family, by bringing them into that same saving knowledge, uh, the the goodness of God, the Lamb of God. Behold, there, here's the Lamb now. He takes away the sin of the world. And, and uh, if he can take away the sin of the whole world, he certainly can take away yours too. Uh, so awaken unto righteousness. Awaken unto the finished work of Jesus. You are free. You are beloved. Uh, the Lamb has truly won it all. Uh, amen. So yeah, I just I wanted to share that, um, and I pray that's a blessing to you. If you have any questions, just reach out to us. We're here for you. We'd love to hear your your thoughts, your comments, or questions uh, that we would certainly be glad to feature on an upcoming episode of our podcast. All right, well, I want to mention a couple of things before we finish up. Uh, go to HesterMinistries.org to find out what's going on. There's uh, products there. There's audio series you can purchase. You can also find out ministry dates we have remaining in the year 2023. Go to PresentTruthAcademy.org. At the release of this podcast episode, our new study track, The God Who Looks Like Jesus, has already begun. But good news, you can still go ahead and get it, and you can jump right in. Uh, so go to PresentTruthAcademy.org slash shop to find out more information. We also invite you to like this podcast. Please share it and leave a five-star review. Uh, that means the world to us. All right, well, God bless you. Have an amazing week. Uh, thank you for letting us be a part of your Tuesdays or whenever you listen to these podcast episodes. And uh, and thank you so much for your support, just helping us get the word out. It means so much to us. We know that you have so many places, so many voices you can go to and listen from and receive from, and we are just humbled to be a part of the feast uh, that you are enjoying um, in this world of, of podcast and, and people just sharing their thoughts and, and so forth. All right. Well, God bless you. Have an amazing week. Cannot wait to see you next time. I want to sign off here at The Kingdom is for Everyone. Uh, if the kingdom isn't for everyone, well, then it's not for anyone. God bless you.